on this Saturday, September the 25th evening, Eastern Standard Time and Central Standard Time for both Kyle and I. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I am your co-host, Tom Oakery, and joining me as always, my co-host from another mother, Mr. Kyle Cosentino. And yes, pun intended there with the mother. Kyle, how the hell are you today? I am doing just fine. Dude, it is um Crazy. I just I, I shared with Kyle and, and this is the first time I'm going to be able to put this on air, but I'm I'm riding pretty high. Um, Mark Hamill, uh, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, fucking noticed noticed us. <laughs> um, and, and what I mean, us, he, he noticed the other podcast with Jedi talk that we've talked about uh, a lot. But um, it, this is a big deal because not only is he Luke Skywalker, he's the definitive voice of the Joker. Right, Kyle? We can agree that's the definitive voice of the Joker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's been other great ones over the years, but without a doubt, he is he is the absolute definition of the Joker. He's really the you know one that that brought him to life in a lot of ways. I mean, we never really saw, uh, you know, a Joker like him before he burst onto the scene with Batman, the animated series. Right. And before that, on TV, we had Cesar Romero and his mustache. He didn't want to shave, but that was the 60s for you. But anyway, um, but but we we start and we say shout out to Mark Hamill because it is his birthday. Um, we called him out on Instagram and in our in our stories, and he uh, sent the clap emoji back to it. So he saw it. So that's all. I'm I'm happy about it. I can never meet the man in my life, but that's 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 pretty cool that Luke Skywalker saw that. So uh, happy birthday to the definitive voice of the Joker and Luke Skywalker. And hopefully you're listening to Fourth Mother Box one way or another. Um, after this podcast blows up because we're so damn good, but we've got a lot of shit to talk about today. Uh, but, but first and foremost, beforehand, I was, I was asking Kyle, uh, before we get into the news, before, before we were starting about his, uh, bicycle date that he had with one roadie, Joe, Joe Miller. Um, so Kyle, do you want to, you, you were telling me you were unpacking the, the peanut butter and banana sandwiches that you were laying out for Joe and he was pouring the wine. Go on. Uh, no, they were uh, salami ham and cheese sandwiches, actually. My mistake. My mistake. But um, yeah, everyone, Kyle Kyle goes on bike dates, so I just want to put that out there. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I go biking. It's a hobby. And <laughs> I also, you know, it's a it's a passion deep within my soul. And it's something Tom can never understand because he's ginger and doesn't have a soul. So be that as it may. Um, the the ginger revolution is coming. Um, once once it starts getting more cloudy outside and the sun's not so dangerous, look out. We're gonna come out, SPF fifty or above. Look out, people. <laughs> uh, have you gotten the invite yet to the ginger revolution? I I I tell them to keep sending it to you. 
Oh, is that that thing where they're like uh, having all the gingers get on a large boat and they're just like shipping them away to, and hoping that they never return? No, no, it's 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 not what that is. Nice try, though. Nice try. But well, that's um, what, what was that? That's what it should be. Should be? No, no, we're not going to put a whole bunch of people who don't have souls because then when we die, we're stuck in purgatory for the rest of our life because we don't have souls. I, we don't know where to go. I don't think, uh, and with Joe and I actually were discussing this today. If gingers don't have souls, where did they go? Because it's not like if heaven doesn't want them, like it's not like Satan wouldn't want them. I mean, I could just imagine Satan be like, no, 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 no. Don't bring that shit down here. Like we don't want them. Just throw it in the, like, you know, in the ref, like in the garbage or like a trash heap or something. I'm going to haunt your bitch ass for the rest of your life. That's what I'm well, going to do. You can't haunt me because you need a soul to haunt somebody. So you couldn't even be like in in the haunted mansion at Disney World. Like that's that's how serious this is. Like you just I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but um, you're just not good enough to be in the haunted mansion. So, well, if I don't have a soul, are my you know, I must be undead. So maybe I'll never it, die. Maybe that's a good th working theory that uh, gingers are actually zombies. It's true. That's why we're not de declining in population like the mass media would have you believe. Big corporate anti-redhead media, fucking CNN, uh, like like they would lead you to believe. Um, we are we are increasing, but um, man, it's been a week. It's been one hell of a week. I've got the Riddler tattooed on my forearm, and he's healing up nicely uh, onto the Batman villain sleeve. Um, hit up Universal, hit up Hollywood Studios, and added to my lightsaber collection, we have Rays. Yellow lightsaber, lightsaber now on the wall. Um, man, the 50th of Walt Disney World's coming up. Kyle's trip to Walt Disney World's coming up. So, Kyle, you're going to be out here during the like the midst of the 50th celebration. It's going to be wild, dude. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm really excited, and especially you know because of my trip getting canceled earlier this year. Although I've got to say that, especially with the times that we live in, I almost feel like. I can't tell people about the joy that I, I am and the, the excitement that I am experiencing about going on this trip because it is in Florida and it is outside with a bunch of people. And I just feel like, Tom, we live in an age where we live in an age now where people just lost their personalities. They can't talk about anything outside of the coronavirus. They I mean, there are so many subjects to talk about. They can talk about why The Last Jedi is in canon. Or why Haunting on Hill House on Netflix is a terrible, terrible, absolutely awful series. Or why the band Tool is 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 a piece of shit band. It's glorified grocery store music. Or even why Tom's mother is so hot. There's so many different things to talk about. But people just have to, just have to bring up all the negativity that they can muster Whenever you talk about going somewhere and doing something that may or may not involve a lot of people, especially Florida, because Florida is just so bad right now. You know, Florida's all right. You know, I can tell you my personal experience. We're doing fine. Um, haven't, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything, but you're right. You're right, Kyle. You're 110% right. And except for the grave, you keep digging yourself with those four bullets that you shot there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, been I, taken. I had to uh, put that in there because over there on Jedi, 
uh, talk uh, whatever the I don't even your your podcast name isn't good enough to remember, so I'm not gonna Jedi talk. It's spectacular. No, it's uh, it's like three. It's two old women wetting their beavers over who shot first, Han Solo or Guido, and then you have Evan, who's like a bird in the background. That's <laughs> that's pretty much the entire show. Evan is kind of like a bird in the background. You got Brad and I. Just I mean, it kind of is. Like his his microphone like needs to be like I don't know if he he doesn't have like a like a main microphone or if he's like a third microphone, but he needs like his. I mean, you can't hear him. He is like a bird in the background. So. We messed with the levels last night to get him a little bit higher. Um, so uh, hopefully the episodes that release this week will do well. So. Um, and let me say one more thing is that I hope our three uh, and a half listeners realize that we are all friends and I do love those guys in Florida, even though I haven't met them yet. I do look forward to meeting them and, uh, you know, get all the payback uh, in person for all the shit that I say on the fourth mother box. But they are all good guys. You should all listen to the Jedi Talk podcast. I mean, they're even getting, you know, nods from Mark Hamill, apparently. So that's pretty fucking awesome. I would agree so. And thank you, sir. Yes. And of course, it's all in good fun. Of course, you know, Kyle and I have known each other for probably like 25 plus years um, and made great connections with Brad and Evan already in Jedi Talk. I, I started out as a as a fan of, of Jedi Talk, listening to Jedi Talk. I found them on Twitter, the cesspool of Twitter um, and, and was got really into them when I was solidifying my Star Wars fandom. Um, and just one thing led to another. And thankfully, Brad opened the door. And now the podcast and uh, it's 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 the numbers are starting to go back up. And um, I cannot wait, Kyle, till when you're out here and we do our collaboration show on the 15th of October. Yes. October 15th. Fourth Mother Talk. Jedi Talk and Fourth Mother Box collab. Um, the one great show. And this is the first time I'm announcing this on air anywhere. But um, we typically do top 10 lists with Jedi Talk. And you and I have done some top 10 lists on here every now and again. But we thought it'd be cool to do, and let me know what you think here, Kyle, uh, a top 10 list of our favorite overall characters from three distinct franchises, DC, Marvel, and Star Wars. But it's, got, it, but it's combined. You can only have three from each brand, and then you get to pick the fourth um, character. So it's like three from Star Wars, three from DC, three from Marvel, and then one from your choosing that equals to 10, and you have to rank them from 10 to 1. Wait, the, the extra one, what is that? The extra one, like, like if I were to go, okay, I pick my three from Marvel, my three favorite from DC, my three favorite from Star Wars. If I am doing my list and I say, oh, I really want to add Han Solo, like it, it could be from any one of those brands, like that, oh. that one random pick. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Oh yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a definitely a good idea. Very cool. A good fusion for both shows. So excellent. So let's, let's kick it off. Let's get into what we have, because there is some kind of some recent breaking news and just, just some news that came across the wire. I don't necessarily know it's breaking like today, but more and more bigger um, news outlets are picking this up. So it's Marvel and their characters added again. Um, so I've got an article from Variety up, uh, which was I was quickly able to, able to find to get some details because I really don't even know all the nitty gritty on this situation so yes uh, a rarity on the fourth mother box we're kicking off news with marvel news so marvel filed five lawsuits on friday seeking to block the heirs of comic book creators from reclaiming copyrights to many of its popular characters including spider-man iron man 
Thor, Black Widow, Captain Pancake Ass, Ant-Man, and Doctor Strange. The move comes after heirs of five Marvel authors filed dozens of termination notices with the U.S. Copyright Office. If the notices were to succeed now, they would not prevent Marvel from using the disputed characters, uh, which were created by multiple collaborators, but they would require the studio to make payments to the heirs. So Disney, it's looking like, and, and, and they're, they're clapping back and they're suing these heirs, um, looking like you know, they're trying to get more money, but uh, Disney is claiming that these heroes were created as like work for hire, um, specifically, I, I think in um, there's a, re- a lawyer representing uh, Larry Lieber, the brother of Stan Lee and co-creator of Thor, Iron Man and Ant-Man, as well as the estates of Steve Ditko, who's uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, Don Heck, Iron Man and Black Widow and Hawkeye, Don Rico, who's Black Widow, and Gene Cullen, creator of Captain Marvel, Falcon and Blade, Blade including. Um, and in all these lawsuits, Marvel argues that the characters were created under work-for-hire arrangements and that their heirs have no valid claims to the copyrights. So crazy shit. Um, is that is that sound about what everything you know about all this, Kyle? It's just it always seems like when it comes to these Avengers characters, Marvel just like, do they have a hundred percent rights? Do they not? Like what the fuck? You know, I never hear this with DC, and I don't know whatever Marvel did back in the day to like start this but it's just like they need to get this shit together i mean we don't i doubt that disney's gonna lose these characters that would be real i mean maybe spider-man if anything but then again i I think he's too invested and sony probably realizes that this is making too much money but um yeah I, i don't i i i hate hearing this because i don't want any of these characters threatened i mean we don't really I mean, some characters are, you know, at the end, I know like Hawkeye and Black Widow are are done. So, you know, if we lost them, that wouldn't be the biggest loss. And, and you know, Captain Marvel, of course. But, you know, Captain Marvel is only terrible because they picked a terrible actress to be Captain Marvel. So yep. um, not yep. Captain Marvel is a character is terrible. But um, so... But yeah, I mean, it's it's just a shame because then, you know, this is why you have Islands of Adventure, Universal Islands of Adventure, not like, you know, Universal DC Islands of Adventure, which would be like so much better. And then, you know, we would have Marvel at Disney World and it just it's just bullshit, you know, this stuff. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. I mean, and, and it sounds like we'll probably continue to hear it. We are going to continue to hear it. So it's either going to be Disney's going to end up in Disney Marvel He's going to have to shell out more money to these heirs, which could cause, I don't know, problems. I'm sure they would come up with some reason as to why they're broke and they can't do it. But, I don't know, Disney, I feel like they have a strong case. But then again, the heirs probably have a strong case, too. Um, somebody ruled in their favor the Kirby case in which a federal court sided with Marvel finding that the characters were made under work-for-hire arrangements. So that's what Disney's pushing for here on this work-for-hire arrangement thing. And I don't want to sound like I know anything what I'm talking about with, like, work-for-hire arrangements, but <clears throat> that's the peg that Disney seems to want to be standing on here, um, Disney Marvel. So we'll see. Only only time will tell to see how this will impact anything with these beloved characters. You know, Disney and Marvel have made a crazy fantastic universe of movies, the cinematic universe, and billions upon billions of dollars. It would be, you know, I highly doubt we're going to see them go anywhere. But um, things might change. Who who knows? Who knows? It seem, seems you like know, a big deal. The other thing with this is that it could really threaten some of these movies. And, I, and I'm just thinking about 
like the movie Friday the 13th with Jason Voorhees. I mean, the last one came out in 2009, and a lot of people in the horror fan community are asking, like, well, why wasn't there a sequel? And it's because it's been locked up in litigation for, you know, so many years. It actually just finished its legal battle. And so that's how serious some of these get with these copyright infringements and, you know, uh, people feeling like they are, uh, you know, the owners of the characters, the writers of the characters, whoever it is that are are uh, tripping it up. But like, you know, more than 10 years went by. Could you imagine if like we went 10 years without some of these characters and like I think, you know, it's obviously Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And, and I've been clamoring for a Blade movie for so many years now. And it's like, it's kind of bullshit. So I don't want any of these characters threatened. No, neither do I. Thank neither God it's not Batman because I would like take to the streets. That's what I would do. You don't think they'd ever do that with Batman. I mean, they, there's never been rumblings about that, at least recently. I don't think anything with Bob Kane and um, DC has ever been an, anything a big of an issue. You, but know, DC, you know, what's interesting for, is yeah. Bob and Bill Finger, I believe, they they were saying something with Batman versus Superman that they finally started adding Bill Finger, uh, if I'm saying his name right, to the credits. And for the longest time, it was just Bob Kane. So... I don't know. I hope it never happens. I don't ever hear that happening a lot with DC. I can't recall any that comes to mind where there's like a copyright issue or like a lawsuit or anything like that. So um, it just seems like Marvel is, is just so tripped up with all this legal crap. I mean, all their characters are all over the place. Like they don't fully own the Hulk. Uh, and then like, you know, we haven't seen like a Galactus or, you know, I think... I, I don't know if they have full rights to some like other characters. I don't know who they are, but I, I just know the Hulk specifically. I, I know the Hulk is there's been rumblings about a movie for him, like a World War Hulk. Uh, and, and maybe we talked about this on the podcast. We did. Not, we did. Okay, so um, that that needs to happen, and and maybe we need to get a different actor to be the Hulk. But <laughs> that's beside the point. But yeah, I know. So it's like. That's that's like you know if if there wasn't this bullshit we would have had like a couple of really cool Hulk movies you know. You're absolutely right. Where we would have had a really couple cool Hulk moments. Um, yeah, I'm not huge on the Mark Ruffalo Hulk, and I know he was in Shang Chi at the end there, and he's going to be in She Hulk, and we you know that's our Bruce Banner right now. So it is what it is. We have to live with it, just like you have to live with um, who Han Solo is right now before. In the let, me ask, let me ask, uh, have you seen anything from She-Hulk? I mean, I've never really read any of the comics, and there's she's never been, like, featured in anything animated that I know of. Um, so I don't know if she's like the Hulk or anything like that, but my hope for that series is, is that she just, like, fucks shit up. So I'm, I'm hoping for the same thing. I know very little to nothing about She-Hulk, um, other than what I've been hearing about the series that's going to come out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, well, I think it's no Coffee Shop Hulk uh, Part 2, so... No, no. I, I, would, I, would, I would think that they, this would be a good chance for them to redeem the Hulk. Um, yeah, unless they don't think he needs redemption. And th- there are fans of Professor Hulk out there. It's just not us. I mean, like, why? Why are they fans though? Because they, there's like, there's nothing you could say earlier on. Yeah, for sure. But 
I mean, like right now, it's just kind of like, you know, it's stupid. White, but I'm glad he wasn't Professor Hulk. And uh, from what you said at that extra scene in Shang-Chi, so that's good. That is good. That is good. Uh, what else is good? Man, we got a tease from Andy Machete this week, who's the director of The Flash. So he posted the Flash symbol over Michael Keaton's bat suit on Instagram. So I did some speculation digging, you know, looking at the comments and just looking at some other articles based on this picture. Um, some speculate, could this be a nod to Red Death? Um, so what do you think, Kyle? Have you seen the picture? Yeah, I, I did see the picture. Um, you, you mentioned the Red Death. That that sounds familiar. Is that like a Dark Knight Metal thing? Red Death, I know he was um, he was mentioned in, heavily in the Flash season, like one of the more recent seasons, I think. So um, he is he's actually the Red Death is actually Bruce Wayne. Um, I I don't know he's he's Earth fifty two, so I don't think he's I don't think that's a would you say like a uh, death metal thing. A dark uh, there was a Justice League storyline called Dark Knight Metal, and it was like um, it was actually really good, and it was kind of a fucked up comic where because there's I, you know and it's even hard to explain. I mean, if you read it, you'll kind of know what I mean, but it's kind of like a multiverse type of film where they have like all these like kind of fucked up versions of DC characters, like the Joker is like looks like Batman, but they call him like the man who laughs and he's just like really messed up looking. So it was actually a good storyline, but he was like, it was something that was like kind of intricate and complicated. Like the, the storyline, it wasn't really straightforward. So if you get a oh. chance, definitely read it. It's cool. okay. I will. This is this red death is Bruce Wayne on a, on a different earth. It's, a, it's like a dark multiverse where he fights crime as Batman originally in Gotham City, just like he normally does with all of his Robins. And then all of his Robins die and he loses them. Um, and he turns to like more extreme measures to uh, fight crime in Gotham. And he's like convinced that his Earth's Barry Allen, like by tapping into the speed force, that he could um, achieve his, you know, you know, you know, taking down all the criminals and being the best he can be. So he basically confiscates all of flash's rogue galleries like guns and and like equipment and takes the flash down um and beats barry beats beats the flash um so the bet and then batman like takes him into the speed force using his batmobile merged with like the comic tre tre cosmic treadmill um he like basically absorbs the flash and his powers and when batman returns from the speed force he's like donned as batman the red death wow which is pretty fucking cool. I mean, I'd be totally cool with that in the Flash movie. <laughs> so you think this is going to be a version? This is going to be Michael Keaton? I don't know. Um, why? No, because like they're not going to make Michael Keaton the Red Death. We we might get a cameo from like a random Bruce Wayne of of the Red Death. Um, but then again, we could just be over speculating and this just could be gra uh, flash graffiti over Michael Keaton's bat suit. And that's literally all it could be. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, I, I don't want them to do anything special with him. I think if anything, he should be, he should be like, you know, a, a much older, like a, like an old, like dark Knight returns type of Batman, or even, you know, close to like a Batman beyond type of Batman. But 
I just, I don't want to, I think, I, you know, like a, we're kind of like restore that memory of his Batman, but not like doing any like crazy storyline where he's like some, you know, special weird version of Batman or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I don't think we're going to get that. I think he's going to be very much like the Nick Fury of the DC extended universe where he's kind of going to put people together and be like the multiverse hopping Batman. And just to your point, like a Batman beyond Bruce Wayne, um, which is, I think suits him perfectly. I don't think he'll be the red death and that just could be heavy speculation. The red death is newer um, in, in DC canon. So, uh, but they, maybe they're striking when they, while, while they are in town with that, but only time will tell. And, and we're going to get a preview of the flash um, at DC fandom in just a couple of weeks. So that should be pretty freaking exciting. Uh, hopefully, man, hopefully we get um, some news and a potential. And this rumor was you shared with me a uh, red hood movie for HBO max. Huh? It looks like HBO max is looking for a Nightwing um, and casting. Was it a Batgirl? Was it Batgirl? I don't know. You know, like, I feel like I get lost in all these like announcements of like these movies because it's so, I mean, and thank God for the fourth mother box to, you know, bring it all to everybody's attention. But man, they, they just keep announcing different movies and it just like, it, it just seems like there's so many different things going on at once. I mean, you have Titans, you have the, you know, Zack Snyder's DC multiverse or uh, uh, DC, you know, Zack Snyder's universe of, and then you have like these offsets like Joker and and the Batman and you know what I mean. It just seems like it's, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like with the Green Lantern show, that's I mean, who knows where that's going to be placed? I mean, right? Shit, it's hard to it's hard to like keep track of everything. And in the mix of that, obviously the CW, but yeah, <laughs> that's on its way out. So I guess we don't really have to worry about it. But no, but but however. The CW, if you recall, when they did their uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline, you know, Zack Snyder's DCEU Barry Allen met the Flash's, you know, Barry Allen on the CW. So I don't think they're going to follow through with that, though, because it, it they already like broke it with the announcement of of the Batman. You know what I mean? Because they said yeah. that's like Earth 2, if I'm not mistaken. Mm hmm. Well, so, we'll see. I mean, we could get a we could get a flash cameo from Grant Gaston. Um, that'd be that'd be kind of crazy. Say that he was in it. Uh, what I, I I think I heard a very early rumor. I haven't seen anything in a long time. I you know what I could see them doing that. Like it probably a very brief cameo. I would love to see that. I think that would be really cool. I think Grant Gustin has done a great job with Barry Allen. I just think that the writing is has just been. Uh, it was brilliant in the beginning, and then it just slowly turned into, like, dog turd. Oh, yeah. I don't think they care about it. I don't think they, like, put much time and effort into it anymore. But, I mean, last um, – whenever they did the crossover, fuck, I, you know, it's like they did that, and it was, like, before the coronavirus. That, that was really cool to see that. They, they had a lot of good DC uh, movie nods, and, you know, it was kind of cool to see, like, everything that they did, and then the death of the – the green arrow and everything but um i they don't really put much care into it i mean the viewership is is really shit so but again i would still i think that would be cool that would be good fan service it would be especially with ezra miller's you know cameo on on the flash yes sir 
Um, I, I looked up a little bit more. That Red Hood movie, the rumor, is going to obviously feature Red Hood, Nightwing, and the Joker. Oh, man. So could what? we potentially be getting Under the Red Hood, like live action Under the Red Hood? You know, though, it's it's got to feature Batman. Because if if you recall Batman Under the Red Hood, he is a crucial part of that storyline. Because Jason Todd then has it out for Batman. And I'm, I'm playing Arkham Knight now, and they're reaffirming that. So it's like the Joker fucks with Jason Todd's mind and turns him against Batman. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do that without Batman. It's kind of like, you know, my gripe with the Titans, how they kind of just, you know, glossed over that, you know, or the big, I mean, it's great and everything, but they kind of, you know, glossed over that a little bit or they didn't really pay much attention to that. You mean just by like not including Bruce Batman from like the beginning of Jason's demise and death? Well, yeah, because like you know they have such a close relationship in in the comics and in other like versions and like this one, you know, you don't really see their relationship a lot uh, on the Titans, and so that's why Jason Todd turns his sights more towards you know the the Titans instead yeah. of Bruce. And then you don't really kind of see the Joker really fuck with his mind. I think that's that's what they have the Scarecrow for, which you know is kind of a Good thing. I, I like that because we've already seen Under the Red Hood and it's kind of cool to, you know, let somebody else take that place. And it's good. You know, I think it's more interesting story writing. It is. I, I agree. And we'll get to talking about Titans towards the end of the show. Um, but specifically for this, I, you know, the, the more and more we talk about it, I don't think we're, we would be getting a live action Under the Red Hood. I think we're going to get some sort of Nightwing Red Hood struggle to how to handle the Joker and like maybe Bruce Wayne's absence. Um, and I'd be fine with that, but because I don't think we're going to do under the red hood because it's essentially just to your point, that's what we're getting in Titans. So that's what we got in Titans. And we're, we're seeing the fallout from that right now in the later episodes. So a lot of, a lot of possibilities, but I'm loving the fact that DC is going, is giving us a lot of this shit. We're getting a background movie, potentially red hood Joker two. You know, the Flash, Black Adam, Shazam 2, um, the Batman, so many, so much is coming from DC, either, uh, you know, Blue Blue Beetle on HBO Max, you know, either it be in theaters or HBO Max, there's, there's lots of great stuff coming. And, um, you know, that Discovery Plus CEO or CFO, whoever it was, and we talked about it last week briefly, you know, said they're looking for in 2022 to make sure to take care of what the customer wants. And a lot of people want the Snyderverse back. So we'll see. We will see um, how much of the Snyderverse is going to be involved in this docu-series that was announced based on DC's 80-year history uh, that's set for HBO Max. And I am incredibly excited for this, specifically, not only because it's going to be more DC content, um, in their 80 year history. So we're going to get a lot of great shit, but it's done by the, it's going to be done by the same man, um, along with Greg Berlanti, uh, you know, uh, fame from arrow and the flash. There's look, there's, there's good in the arrow and the flash. Okay. And I, I think Greg will deliver here, but he, who else is at the helm here? Leslie, Iwerks of the Imagineering story. Um, uh, I, you and I both Kyle loved the Imagineering story on Disney plus. Um, I want a second season of that desperately. 
But Leslie Iwerks did the Imagineering, Imagineering stories. Now he's going to do the same thing for DC. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah, that's that's a definite win in my book too. So that that'll be really cool to watch because there's there's such a rich history here, and I, I can't wait. Yeah, that's that's going to be huge for HBO Max, at least for me. Um, almost as big as what the Snyder Cut released. I mean, I I don't know if I'll take the day off of work like I did for the Snyder Cut, but this is huge. You know, this this docu series. I'll be looking forward to it if they release it weekly, just like the Imagineering story was just to see what they're going to talk about. You know, the golden age of DC comics and, you know, when they started to get darker and Batman's popularity up ah, so much, so much good stuff to look into there. So much, so much great, great stuff. Um, so yeah, we look forward to that and hopefully Greg Berlanti doesn't Greg Berlanti all over it and, and go all super CW with it. But the more like the Imagineering story, the fucking better. So, um, it, did, did you happen to see that article? Um, cause I, I was very vague in the show notes, Kyle, and we're jumping over to star Wars here, but that star Wars editor, Marcia Lucas, who's George Lucas's ex-wife, um, made some bold ass comments about the sequel trilogy. Did you, did you see any of that or, or would you like me to enlighten you? Oh, um, that she was like furious or something like that. I, I saw like the headline, but I didn't read it. Yeah, she was basically furious. So uh, let me, let me read you a quote. So this was out of a book that she was for, for somebody at, uh, it's, it's an expert from Howard could, I never going to fucking say that last name, a producer's life, which is now available to purchase. And she's talking specifically cause she was the editor on the original trilogy movies. She was an editor and obviously ex-wife George Lucas. And she was claim, you know, claimed editor, you know, you know, if, if famed editor, she, you know, praised for the job she did. And, and I'm, I'm not, it was good. I'm not saying it was bad. You know, for, for the time and the technology, excellent job, and she should get credit there. But what she's saying is really pissing me the fuck off, because particularly I like the sequel trilogy. So she said in this expert, they have Luke disintegrate. They killed Han Solo. They killed Luke Skywalker, and they don't have Princess Leia anymore. And they're spitting out movies every year, and they think it's important to appeal to a woman's audience. So now their main character is this female who's supposed to have Jedi powers. But we don't know how she got Jedi powers or who she is. It sucks. The storylines are terrible. Just terrible. Awful. You can quote me. J.J. Abrams, Kathy Kennedy, talk to me. So let's back that shit up just real quick, okay? They have Luke disintegrate, and they killed Luke Skywalker. I want to combine those two. And and it always ends up seeming like I, I'm going to, just like Brad would do a bunch on Jedi Talk, and I would have to do with you, Kyle, is defend The Last Jedi. But that's what I'm going to do real quick here. Um, Luke dying... You know, he wasn't killed. He he died on his own merit. He finished his arc just like his fucking master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, did. He completed his story almost identically. Okay? And he went out on his own terms just like Obi-Wan did. Obi-Wan knew exactly what was going to happen when Vader swung right through his ass with his lightsaber in A New Hope. He knew exactly what was going to happen. Luke knew that force projecting himself from Octu all the way to crate was going to kill him. He knew that that's the most Jedi fucking thing ever to do to stand up in front of Kylo Ren, you know, not harming him and saving the remnants of the Republic and your general sister as, as they, they get away. Like how fucking clueless could you be? And you claim to be an, an editor on the original star Wars and you claim to understand what the, what, what the Jedi story is. No, you don't. You don't. Okay. 
Then the killing Han Solo thing, I understand this is a very divisive topic. Okay, they kill Han Solo, yes. But killing Han Solo, and Kyle, I want to get your thoughts because you're the bigger Han Solo fan. But killing Han Solo was pivotal to Kylo Ren, Ben Solo story. It was pivotal. It it was damn near, I say it was necessary. It solidified his fate. I'm talking about Kylo Ren. And it gave him credible, you know, villain status because he fucking killed his father, you know, without hesitating, without hesitating. You know, that's 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 pretty villain. You know, he knew what he had to do and he had the strength to do it. Thoughts on the death of Han Solo, Kyle? Sorry, I'm getting pissed off here. Solo uh, and and, uh, you know, Ben Solo or um, Kylo Ren. Yeah. Firstly, we have Harrison Ford to blame for uh, Han Solo's death. Now, if Harrison Ford wanted to continue with the role, which is interesting because I never understood why he wanted to, like, kill Han Solo. I mean, he's such an iconic character and such a beloved character. And he doesn't feel the same way about Indiana Jones because, I mean, he, he like, loves the character. And even, like, you know, when he's knocking on 80, he still wants to do it. And I, I'm, as a huge Indiana Jones fan... Um, I'm I'm so thankful for it, and I know you know the the people will bitch and moan and that he's too old and blah blah blah. But I want to wait and see what this story is. Okay, so take a minute and wait and to see that story, then make your assessment or whatever. But yeah, I wish that didn't happen. I, I really did. I, I really do because you know the biggest problem with the the sequel trilogy is you didn't see them all together and. You know, some can argue like, well, you know, the story was still good. Yeah, the story was still good. But, you know, it's just like that nostalgia factor. We've been waiting so long for these sequel trilogy, you know, these movies to come out. We never knew we were going to get them. It would have just been nice to see them together. I mean, I would have loved that. That would have been a huge payoff for me. Secondly, when it comes to uh, Kylo Ren, and you might hate me for saying this, but like, I don't think he's that effective of a villain and and you know because like luke skywalker and i was as i was watching them recently luke skywalker claims he has this dark you know horrible raw dark uh you know untamed power but you really don't see it you really don't see his full power and i think it's like people kept talking about it and building it up but then he just throws a tantrum and then that's like his you know, dark and, you know, all powerful, you know, dark side of the force type of stuff. But let me, let me not undercut Adam Driver's performance because, you know, they picked an amazing actor. I just think like the way that they wrote Kylo Ren could have been better. Um, But Adam Driver is phenomenal because he sold that part. You believed it in every, uh, you know, every facial manner and, you know, it kind of like facial the way he like uh, acted every part of that, those movies, it was brilliant. He really, really sold that part. I just felt like, yeah, there was a lot more to be. And, and I think you guys were talking about this on uh, Jedi talk, you know, seeing kind of more his backstory because there's so much story there and I would love to see it. I didn't get through all the, the most uh, recent episode you guys um, did, but I'd love to see that, but I'm just thinking, I just think like, yeah, he's definitely not a Vader and killing Han Solo obviously, you know, moved the story forward and it was horrible to watch and everything like that, but I don't know. 
you you know you're the the points you necessarily make you know and and I'm not the biggest Kylo guy. Um, that's that's Evan Boucher over on Jedi Talk. Um, I like Kylo Ren though. I, I yo, do. So do I. I. Like yeah, his, I like his character. I just felt like you know the way they characterized him wasn't like you know because like you look at Ray and all her powers that she had. Like you saw like her full potential a lot, but you didn't really see that with Kylo Ren as much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, outside of he was, you know, him and Ray did the force time uh, for the first time ever. That was a new force power. Uh, Kylo Ren kind of had like super healing. Um, The I thought one of the strongest things that Kylo Ren ever did was. And again, you can make the argument that Palpatine knew this was going to happen and he, he willed it to happen. But I choose not to. I choose it. Choose to believe that this was the will of Kylo Ren. He when he was facing Snoke in the Red Room with Rey in The Last Jedi, when he was basically telling Kylo to kill, strike down Rey, um, and he was turning Luke's or Anakin's lightsaber, and that's when he, he ignited it and killed Snoke. You know, the massive concentration that he needed to do that, and he probably that he tapped into the, into the dark side to do that, was, like, huge. You know, Kylo Ren's done some shit, and, and, and I'm not invalidating your points because you make some really good points about... And some some good ones about Kylo about not maybe necessarily seeing his potential, but you can make the argument that he just you know he right from the get go the the pure raw darkness that he has inside of him and that's and that's Vader that's that's part of the dark side of being a Skywalker right and that's what Luke saw that's what Luke got very fucking scared about. Uh, I think rightfully you know, so. What they nailed, what he nailed, was the, you know the inner conflict. I mean, you could you could tell it was real believable that he was just. Uh, fucking unhinged by luke skywalker and you know with 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 certain things you know what i mean you could just tell that inner conflict and i think they sold that really well yeah they did they did you know and i was it's funny you mentioned this i was thinking about this the other day of how well acted um the sequel trilogy actually is um in comparison to the prequels and the sequel in the og trilogy you can't deny that the acting isn't is up to what it is in in uh, under disney i mean am i right oh my god you know it's like you know they would never give an oscar for something like star wars because you know it's a franchise type of film just like marvel just like dc well except for the joker but that's that's different because joker is kind of like well i don't know the dark knight i mean heath ledger but that's maybe another story but back to star wars yeah like some of the acting was was pretty Phenomenal. And I, I, I just think Adam Driver, you know, as far as acting goes, I mean, I really look at that stuff because I love TV and I love movies and I really like when people can sell a character and I could just appreciate the difficulty and challenge of it. And, you know, like characters like the Joker, I mean, you could put anybody in like a Superman role, for example, and that you're not going to need like the best range of acting to do that. You know what I mean? But somebody like the Joker has like a real dark inner conflict, like Kylo Ren, you need somebody that can really sell that. And that's not an easy thing to act. And I think I thought his performance was brilliant, even though I wanted more from the character. So, and even Ray too, I thought Daisy Ridley did a really good job with acting as well, because she had a lot of like really in, Intensely emotional scenes, and I thought she just sold it brilliantly. She did she did? She's excellent acting throughout the that movie. And Ray 
Ray, you know, is a great character, and a lot of people give her shit. And I want to go to these comments that Marcia said, uh, Marcia Lucas said about um, Ray specifically. She didn't call her out by name. She goes, and it's important to appeal to women's right audience all of a sudden. And so now their main character is this female who's supposed to have Jedi powers. So, uh, so yes, let's let's look at it. And in you say, or who she, you're saying we don't know who she is. Hold up. Did you watch episode nine? Regardless of if you like it or not, we found out she's a Palpatine. So we were just talking about this on Jedi Talk, Kyle. So if you were to, um, just based on what you know of Star Wars, who would you say is more powerful, the Emperor or Darth Vader? Well, I would say the Emperor because yes. Darth Vader was kind of like, isn't, um, well, no, uh, Palpatine isn't, no, that's not a Padawan thing, but... I mean, Darth Vader was obviously, or Anakin, was obviously conflicted from the start. And, yes. you know, being under Palpatine, he was obviously afraid of him. And so right. otherwise, they've overtaken him. Yeah. No, you, you, you answered that 110% correctly. It, it, Palpatine is stronger. The Emperor is stronger than Vader. You know, Vader is his apprentice. That's, that's, that's the whole point. Uh, and so you would naturally think... And, and we were making this point last night. We naturally think that the Emperor's kin, uh, Ray, you know, generational down, is going to be stronger than, you know, a, a Skywalker lineage, which would be Ben Solo, you know, having Leia and having Anakin, you know, uh, you know, genetics in him. So, you know, a lot of people bitch about that when Ray overpowers Kylo. Um, a lot of people bitch about Ray's training. She got more on-screen training than Luke. I'm telling you. And one of these days, I'm going to go actually count. I'm going to watch all the movies and count the time, count the minutes that we see Ray and Luke training in their respective movies, um, because I'm telling you, Ray Ray got it more. Ray I think more. with that though is that you know with Luke. And, and maybe I, I'll have to watch the OG trilogy, but it seemed like his progression was a lot. Um, it just seemed like more linear, whereas like Ray, like she, you saw her that she had powers and everything or she, you know, she was in force sensitive or in touch with the force. And you kind of slowly saw her develop. But then like by the third movie, they just like rushed everything like, you know, what I mean, they kind of. Yeah, there was. Kind of like I think the progression made it maybe could have been better, but I mean it wasn't. I thought there was a few things with the Rise of Skywalker where I was like, okay, that just is insane. But oh, agreed. Yeah, I, I just think like that one part, and maybe I've said this before, where they're being chased on the, you know, how under on that planet looking for the sword. Oh, uh, or the, the dagger. Hexagon. Yeah. And like they're being chased by stormtroopers, and then they like crash, and then they just happen to crash right where it's at. I'm like that. That's so far fetched and just like a bit lazy. But yeah, I, I think the there's there's two things in Rise of Skywalker that get me kind of like that. Somehow Palpatine returned. Uh, okay, you know Palpatine coming back can work, but it's just like it's like all you got from Poe is somehow Palpatine returned. Okay. And then they eventually, you know, kind of explain it and the dark side's unnatural, this, that, and the other. Um, fine, fine, whatever. I still like Rise of Skywalker overall as as a movie. Uh, I do, and I, I won't change my mind on that. Um, but Last the, we saw, he was being thrown, he, he was, like, thrown over, like, a bridge, right? Like, Vader, Palpatine? like, 
Yeah, yeah he overtakes him and throws him like into like over a bridge or into a hole or something like that. He, he throws him into like the, the, the power shaft or, or whatever you want to call that of the uh, – uh, I think they're on they're on the second Death Star. No, no, they're not on the second. Are they on the second Death Star? God, I can't believe I'm a fucking yes. idiot. And I don't know this. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, so so Marcia Lucas, you know, I, I I just don't understand the hate. I I I don't get it because me and I like the sequel trilogy a lot. I do. I've, I've made no ifs and buts about any of that. So maybe I have some bias here with that. But I still absolutely adore and respect everything that the original trilogy has, trilogy has given us because those hit differently and you can't replicate them. You can't do anything differently. You know, they are they are an American treasure that you can never replicate, no matter how hard you try. But you can't be mad or upset when others are taking the medium that you had a hand in creating and editing and working to perfection and giving their spin on it and then just completely ripping them off because in ripping them a new one because they didn't you know use a man and in in you're upset that their their ray uh is appealing to women's rights or women's audience now now no look i i i'm 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 i am not one to like virtue signal or or you know, appreciate anyone who's like throwing out virtue signals and then just doing something just to appeal to a small group of audience because they've been loud about it. That's not what I'm necessarily think Star Wars is doing here. Maybe that's what they have the intentions of doing, but maybe I don't care because I like the character of Ray. But I want to just put this out there for you. I remember listening to this specifically on Jedi Talk before I was a co-host. Uh, Brad was in queue for Rise of the Resistance, and Kyle, you and I have both been on the ride. You remember the first part of the pre-show with Ray. There was a little girl that Brad had noticed in there uh, who was dressed like Ray. And as soon as she came up on, on the comm, on the um, hologram, uh, the girl just like blew up and like lit up. And she's like, oh, my God, it's Ray. And it's like, that's what that's who Ray's for. You know, you know, you know, don't forget there are, you know, um, new fans to this franchise that are being introduced to characters that they can relate with. You know, Finn, I, Daisy. I think oh, yeah. I think it was a good shift. I mean, you know, I think it was a, you know, because if they just did it with like another Jedi, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it probably would have been good. I mean, you know, another male Jedi, but like a female Jedi is kind of like a difference because yeah. we didn't see that in the OG trilogy because it, it makes it more interesting because now you're like, oh, well, now it's a female. So females can be Jedis. And maybe I don't know if they specifically said Leia was a Jedi, but I just remember like when I watched the last last jedi i had no idea that she was a jedi and, until that point so um right yeah well we didn't we didn't actually know that i mean we knew she was force sensitive but until the rise of skywalker we didn't know she trained with luke and stopped her training fuck we didn't even know she had a lightsaber until they revealed that in rise of skywalker um which is two of the coolest fucking moments of that movie by the way um so it's uh, and and I have that lightsaber, by the way, and I'm maybe maybe I'll take that into the park with us when we go to Galaxy's Edge uh, when you come out here. Man, I can't wait for that. But I digress. Um, yeah, that's that's a great point, Kyle. Um, and I I think I I don't know uh, that that argument about Leia being a Jedi. We don't. I make the argument that she might not technically be like a Jedi, but she, she is at the same time because who the fuck knighted Luke, right? Um, you know, the only well, she, Jedi we've ever seen knighted was Cal Kestis, actually. 
I mean, I would say she's a Jedi. I mean, they exploded the ship, like the front of that ship, and she was like in space, and then she just fucking forced herself right, back. Yeah, she's a she's a force yeah. user. She's she's a force user. Um, they, you know, there's a there's a difference between force user, force force sensitive, and a Jedi. Because oh, Finn, oh, I know that Finn. Well, yeah, I mean, look at Finn. Finn is force sensitive, but he's not a Jedi. And that's the biggest thing, like, they never explained in in these movies is kind of, like, more into, like, you know, different levels of Jedi. Like, what is a Jedi? You know what I mean? I mean, maybe the people who, like, read, you know, the canon books or played some of the, you know, I don't think a lot of the video games were canon. All I know is Fallen Order is canon um, or watch the animated, you know, shows. But I, I feel like, you know, they could have spent more time on that. I mean, they could do a whole movie and like uh, or a TV show. They could just call it Jedi Academy, and and that would really write itself because there's so much there, you know. Do like a, they yeah, don't do a series, call it. Yeah, do the series, call it, call it Right of the Council or something like that, and um, show some like Padawans in training. That'd be cool. I could, I could, I could see that work. I mean, it would be a medium of like before or sixty six existed, but that that'd be kind of cool to explore. Um, I get where you're going at, but, uh, you know, you know, to kind of wrap that up, um, yeah, I, I always go back and forth. Like, I don't know. I, I want to be like, technically Liz, not a Jedi, but, but she is, she is, she is. She was trained by Luke. She was trained by Luke. She stopped training her on her, on her own because she foresaw the death of her son. Um, and you know, she had her lightsaber. Um, she's a heavy force user, so she's definitely connected with that side. Um, and who the hell is to say you are a, a Jedi or not after the council had fallen anyway? So um, I'm with you. Yeah, she was she was definitely a Jedi. Never never officially called Jedi Knight, but Ray did call her master in Rise of Skywalker. So so yep. we'll see, we'll see. Yep. But but Marcy Luke Lucas, I no, this is not it. This is not this is not the fight to make right now. And you're going to appeal. To all the meathead Star Wars fans who hate Ray and think she's a Mary Sue and just wanted Luke to come back looking the same like he did in 1979 in the, in the early 80s, They're looking like young Mark Hamill um, wielding his, his, his green lightsaber and just fighting all the bad guys and shooting Jabba Hutt and Jabba the Hutt and, and fighting Darth Vader because somehow Darth Vader came back. You know, that's 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 all they want and that's all you're appealing to because you're feeding into everything that they've said they didn't like, you know, change is okay. Change is okay. It is inevitable. Um, it's going to happen to my beloved DC, our beloved DC characters. Eventually it is, it's just going to happen. I mean, look what's happening to Harry Potter. You know, they took fantastic beasts and they made it what it was. And there's very divisive comments about that. And, we're getting our third out of the trilogy, uh, Fantastic Beasts 3 announced, The Secrets of Dumbledore, um, for April 2022. So, how, does, how does Courtney feel about Fantastic Beasts? I don't know if I've asked her, but, I mean, as a huge Harry Potter fan, I feel like the first and second films of Fantastic Beasts were like a complete miss. It's almost kind of like they tried to make it bad. I mean, Harry Potter is such a beloved, beloved film franchise. I mean... I binge those movies more times than I can count. I mean, I feel like I'm at home, you know, when I'm in um, Harry Potter world and Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. So, oh, yeah. like, I don't, I'm like, how do you take some, like, something like Harry Potter and make a story in in this world and just make a story that's, I mean, it wasn't bad. I wouldn't say it's bad. It just was like, 
the plot was very convoluted and it didn't like really capture the interest that Harry Potter did. I mean, I, I don't think anything would, but at least, you know, it's like Star Wars. Star Wars started with like three original films and then it just spawned into something great. I mean, there's it's such a rich, huge world. There's, there's like a character for everybody, really. And I hope they do this more with Harry Potter. I would love to see it turn into that because there's so many good stories that they could write and they chose like the worst one. <laughs> so um, I don't I'm not particularly excited about it. I mean, Secrets of Dumbledore. I mean, I think in the last book they talk about Dumbledore's relationship with uh, Grindenwald. They didn't like say that they were together. And that was like an after the books came out much later. Uh, that they said that Dumbledore and, and Grindelwald were, you know, um, were lovers. But so maybe they'll get into that, which I think could be kind of cool. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know how like Newt Scamander gets involved into that. I mean, I think it's, I don't know. It is the it is. the the one thing, and I just recently watched the this the second uh, Fantastic Beast movie, and um, Courtney's kind of the same way that you think with Fantastic Beast. Her, she's infamously says she's like, you know, I'll watch it because it's Harry Potter, but no, who, like, who the hell asked for this? <laughs> like, like, who, like, who the hell asked for these um, Fantastic Beast movies? It's like we're still getting them, um, and I'm, I'm like, as a casual fan of Harry Potter, who's turned into more and more of a, of a fanboyish nerd of it because my wife loves it and it is really interesting. I really do love watching Harry Potter. Uh, movies and and i really want to dive into the books one day once i get caught up on my star wars novels but um one of the biggest things that i want to see is in fantastic beasts is uh what's her name it's not is it is it winnie or the the, the kind of fat guy girl friend um she steps over the blue ring with grindelwald and goes along with grindelwald um at the end there it's like a true believer What's you know, right? I I only saw the second one once in in, in oh, theaters, okay. and it's largely because I don't think it's been on any streaming uh, platform yet. So I want to watch it again, but I wasn't like that thrilled with it. I mean, I Jude Law really was nothing like uh, Michael Gambon's version of Dumbledore. I mean, it's like, oh yeah. So yeah, and then you know the how they they just replaced Johnny Depp. Uh, that's just well, there's a lot. You know, I was I was going to mention that you know who they replaced him with Mads Mikkelsen. Um, who a plays? Cast. He's very a great cast. Cast. You know, Mads for, really just works well in lots of, in pretty much most most acting roles. So. Loved loved him as Galen Erso in Rogue One. I know you don't like Rogue One, but I lo- he did. He, I love Galen Erso. I still want to like Rogue One. I just can't. Like, and, and I get it. I get it. Look, look, I get it. It's a it's a movie about Jedi without any Jedi in it, essentially. So, I mean, it's not like about Jedi, but it's but it's like a it's it's a Star Wars movie without any Jedi, just the essence of Jedi, um, about like a rogue group of people who start you know who kickstart the rebellion. So, I get it. I gotta try and watch it at least one more time to just just to see if I can like you know somehow like it but i i don't know i mean it's kind of like a how i feel when i watch like the the uh, prequel movies mm-hmm. you know maybe it's the clone wars and there's just like so much going on in that movie you really just i don't know 
There is, they, and they fucked that one up. There's, yeah, there's, there's a lot that's gonna be going on in Fantastic Beasts three. Um, maybe they can do the, the, maybe they can deliver. You know, the, the secrets of Dumbledore, and this is probably a reminder. But um, uh, is his name Clarence? Um, I don't know. I remember all the people's names in the movie. I'd so I know Scamander is the main guy, and then there's like a fat guy. Credence. Credence. Oh, Credence. Credence. Yeah. yeah. And then he says Miller. Yep. So at the end of Fantastic Beast Two, uh, Credence finds out he's related to Dumbledore, like his long lost brother or something. That was that was the hook. So I'm interested. Really? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I know yeah, there he was, had yeah. like he had a he has a brother, uh, Aberforth, and then uh, he had like a sister that went crazy, and then there was like some family drama with that. Um, but that's like seventh book material, so. And I'm sure Courtney can speak to that. And let me say, too, like I saw Courtney's new tattoo of Hedwig, and it looks fantastic. Not pun intended, of course, but <laughs> but fantastic it does. Piece. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, we went to a Hart and Huntington tattoo um, that is on Universal uh, Orlando property on the City Walk. So pretty, pretty oh. fucking epic. That's like that's as fucking authentic as it can get right there. Right, right. I mean. Good shit, good shit. Yeah, um, her full sleeve is just one step closer to being done of Harry Potter, and my left arm is yeah, maybe halfway done now. So we're getting there. Are you getting any ink, Kyle? Nope, not uh, not uh, no ink for me. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. If you're not completely into it, there's no use. So, um, so yeah, Fantastic Beast Three is coming and announced. Um, so is Disney Plus Day uh, for November the twelfth. Um, so they're doing like a. This is the I believe it'll be the two year anniversary of Disney Plus on November the twelfth. So they're going to fully release Shang Chi. Um, they're putting Jungle Cruise on there permanently, and we're getting two special looks: a Star Wars special look and a Marvel special look. Now, the special look that we're getting for Star Wars has been confirmed. I'm pretty 100 percent positive that it's Book of Boba Fett. So, um, which will be re- will be coming out the following month anyway. So it'll it will get a good full trailer maybe behind the scenes for it. But the Marvel special look, Eternals maybe. Or can I, ask, can I ask you about Book of Boba Fett? Are they using the same actor, or are they gonna you know is it gonna be like more like his younger years? Nope, or same after actor. Like after he got out of the Sarlacc pit. Same actor. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is taking um, place major the majority of Book of Boba Fett, from my understanding, is a- after we saw him in the in the Mandalorian last season. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we know the Book of Boba Fett special look, but the Marvel special look, you know, and I just it could be Eternals because Eternals will be close to releasing after that. I hope not. I hope it's Spider Man No Way Home. That's what I want the special look to be because it'll be close to December. Well, I I don't know. I they seem like they 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 really want that under wraps. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I could see them not like really. Well, they'll probably do a second trailer, but I don't know how much more they're gonna give give away from this. So that could be when the second trailer is released. I mean, it'll be about like the time when like real heavy marketing for the movie probably starts. Unless they push it back, of course. <laughs> they don't better fucking not because I think. I think the great thing, though, is like Shang-Chi did well 
Um, I don't think you're seeing returns like you would like when there isn't a pandemic, but I think it did, you know, pretty decently as far as pandemic films go. So, uh, but I know like, you know, this, it's kind of like, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be like the bottom bitch. So uh, I don't know if that's going to factor into anything, but I mean, if we were going to say like, you know, if there was no pandemic and it was like Shang-Chi versus Spider-Man, there would be no contest. I mean, because it's like, you know, Spider-Man's long established and Shang-Chi is new to the new new to the game. So, right. So, yeah, I mean, I I just don't want them to push no more. No more pushing back dates like that's just we don't do that anymore. It's not something that companies should do. So are you um, speaking of movies that got pushed back and then moved up? Are you going to see Venom, too, when it releases? Uh this weekend shit not this yeah. weekend but the, the upcoming weekend man Ooh. Fuck yeah. yeah i can't wait you're yeah gonna have to let me know. you're gonna have to let me know because we're gonna be um well i could still probably see it if we go maybe saturday um because we're, we're gonna be at uh i don't know if i even told you this yet we did announce it on jedi talk but this will the fourth motor box will be up before jedi talk goes up so we are doing a special 50th anniversary episode uh, jedi talk is of our like favorite like me, Evan, Brad, and our significant others are just going to get together. And I've got a room at Old Key West Resort um, Thursday into Friday night. So overnight, as it we like turns the clock into October 1st, like the actual 50th anniversary of Disney World. So we're going to get together, podcast, a special Jedi Talk episode, talk about favorite Disney moments. And, and Kyle, I might have to um, relive some of the story shit. I might even call you and, and have you talk and maybe relive a little bit of the story that you gave on fourth mother box a couple of weeks ago. Oh, the famous magic kingdom incident. You know it, sir. I can't wait to, uh, have more. Uh, I, I, I hope that this, this trip isn't cursed or anything like that or nothing else happens, or maybe we'll just have to like, I'm sure something will happen. Of course. Right. I mean, Last no, two what? ones are kind of like cursed a little bit. Uh, 2019 wasn't cursed. Good times were had by all. Well, yeah, but like the 20, there's two trips in 2020. So. Oh, I got you. I got you. Nope, this this will. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Floridian. I've got that AP magic. So don't you sweat. We're good. We're good. We're good. Maybe We're I'll good. shit my pants on like Space Mountain or something. I would die, sir. That would be hilarious. Eat like a bad donut from Joffrey's Donuts, and and it'll just like uh, just have explosive diarrhea. We gotta get you a donut from Voodoo Donut on City Walk. I think I've seen it. Uh, they have a Menchie's at, on uh, City Walk because I, yes. I remember being there, and um, I, I remember just kind of like being taken by surprise. I'm like, holy fuck, they have a Menchie's here. I'm like, stop everything. <laughs> we gotta go there now. Uh, yeah, the, the tattoo shop is literally across from the, the Menchies, that, that same like hall, that same like walk area. Now, did you do the right thing? Did you get the Menchies first and then go into the, the tattoo or did you wait? No, I actually, Menchies was not open yet when I got there for my tattoo, but I went in, got tattooed and I actually, on my way out, I mobile ordered from Voodoo Donut and picked it up and walked back to my car. So that's oh, yeah. what I did. I know where Voodoo Donut is. That's the one that always has like the line. Yes, sir. And like, you know, they must be like quality donuts. 
Oh, they're they're excellent. Like like gourmet donuts, they're 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 really good. It's like for every now and again, really really good. So we should we should take a look when we're when we're out at Universal. And you got the regular Express Pass, right? I gotta I gotta make the uh, I gotta pull the trigger on that. Uh yes, I did. So I got the okay. park to park uh, pass and then the Express for both parks. Beautiful. Lim- okay. Limited, I feel like you know you could get an unlimited pack pass for that, but it's like I don't know how much motion. You know, because those all the rides are 3D now. It's like, uh, I don't know how much people can take. I just remember back to your birthday that that was like a lot. And uh, hopefully now that we know about the the Afrin and uh, trick that that might, you know, aid in this. But we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I can't wait, man. Velocicoaster, here we come. So I don't think... um, You've probably not watched a lick of Star Wars Visions, right? No, I haven't, and I probably am not going to do that. And that's fine. That's fine. You, overall, you don't need it. It's not canon. You don't need it. The If you are really bored, and I'm telling you, you're super bored, and you want a good Star Wars story that's different from, and it's just different animation style, Star Wars Visions absolutely nailed it out of the park with one episode. It's called. It's entitled "The Ninth Jedi." That episode feels the most distinctively Star Wars. The writers understand the audience that they're appealing to, and this, like the actual characters and story, were original and um, made a lot of fucking sense. Uh, it made a lot of sense. Um, just to kind of not not to spoil anything. I mean, everything else was like, was I entertained for some of it? Yeah, um, but. You know, there are there were some episodes that just bored me to tears. And look, anime is not my thing. So that, that, that could have been why um, there were some episodes that bored me to tears. Only one of them has any rewatchable, you know, maybe two. the duel. The first episode was pretty good and interesting. Um, a lot of people are watching this and wanting Galaxy's Edge to sell the lightsabers that were that were that was in this um, uh, show. I'm asking you please not to because I don't want to be tempted to buy those lightsabers because they're not canon. <laughs> so I don't want to be tempted to do that. But long story short, the ninth Jedi, to those of you out there who are looking to possibly watch Star Wars Visions, and we give a much, much deeper breakdown on Jedi Talk. So I'll leave everybody to listen to Jedi Talk on Star Wars Visions. But the ninth Jedi is fucking good. The rest of it, I don't need it. I don't need to watch it again. I, I, I really don't. Um, there was some good in there. But there were some absolute boring to tears things. Otherwise, that were just, I don't know, it didn't make sense. So, yeah, that's what I'll say about Star Wars Visions. Did Evan and uh, Brad like Star Wars Visions? Um, Brad felt about the same way I did. I We quickly ranked our episodes, and Brad and I were almost locking step. Um, our five to one, we, we both loved The Ninth Jedi. We, we both feel the same way about that. Um, but our like two to five, five out of nine favorite episodes were a little different. Um, Evan hadn't seen it yet, so he he uh, Brad about feels the same way as I do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, Star Wars Visions, take it or leave it. It's it's bold. Um, I like that they tried it, but I'm looking forward to what's next. And I think what's next is Book of Boba Fett. Um, but what we're getting of weekly, and real quick before we get to Titans, because I want to close with something good. What if? Holy fuck. I hated this week's episode. Absolutely hated it. 
Yeah, it was it was kind of like a, a dumbass episode. <laughs> like you you you're 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 taking such an iconic character in Thor and turning him into a fucking frat boy. I, I you know, it's just just because people happen to like Dad Bob Thor from Avengers Endgame, which bothered me. I just did not like that. I didn't. At first it was funny, and then I just like I wanted him to be regular Thor when he had Stormbreaker and um, the hammer together as one. Like I just wanted him to look normal again. I mean, he still kicked ass, but fuck, where's where's that Thor who almost killed Thanos? So that who cut his head off? Um, and 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 I get it. This is what if this is like a different reality, and you took the chance and you completely misstepped because. And then you get you. I don't like Captain Marvel. I've made that very clear. But you get her involved. And you've got these two iconic Marvel characters that are finally going to like face off on animation and somewhat live action. And this is the fight that happens. And it comes down to Thor's mom who has to break things up and basically save the day. The God of Thunder's mother and, and, and like Jane Foster, uh, you know, was like, oh, if there's a Thor and there's a Loki, there has to be a Frigga and a Heimdall like that's that was what saved the fucking story that's what saved the world so it saved the the earth from crumbling to to party thor to get frigate down there to clean up i'm like you have fallen far off what if from that epic doctor strange episode and the zombies episode was good um the i feel like i'm missing another one um what was in between there that was the Tony Stark and Killmonger story. Yeah, yeah, that one wasn't bad either. Um, not as good as Doctor Strange. I did enjoy the 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 way Killmonger went about it there. Um, the I guess the only really really good thing, the only good thing about this What If episode that I would give it a two out of ten if you forced me to rank it was at the end when we got like that vision, like Ultron controlling Vision with the Infinity Stones. That that had me intrigued. Was that Ultron? Because I I yes. wasn't sure if that was Ultron or Galactus. Uh, that was 100% Ultron. Interesting. Yeah, this this episode was a, definitely a swing in the miss. And, uh, I, you know, it's kind of like, it seems such a big contrast from the other episodes because the other episodes were written kind of more dark and seriously. I mean, not all of them, of course, but just what we have been seeing and. I just feel like this is this was like a episode that could have belonged on like an Avengers cartoon series. I mean, it just I don't yeah. know. It it really didn't do much for me personally. And uh, I, I'm glad there was only one episode of it of it. So you and me both. Um, I don't even know what we're getting next week, but I'm it's already better than what we had this week. So what if you're 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 still my favorite Marvel TV show that's come out this year still because while while I may have hated the episode I I'm you entertained me for thirty minutes so and I still enjoy it I still think you're better than Loki and and in the, the shows that came before so so I'm still looking forward to how you're going to wrap up this season but man um, it's closing out today let's talk about the best comic book TV show on air and that is Titans. You were right, Kyle, when you texted me and minor spoiler alert people just ahead. And I wanted to save this till the end specifically 
because we are, are going to talk spoilers a little bit, so you can fast forward um, here if you're if you're getting caught up. Um, thank you for listening, by the way. But if not, let's talk Titans. Stay on the board and let's you know you know I want to hear Kyle your thoughts on Titans this week because the episode and what I think Titans is doing an excellent job of is giving us the story and not burning us out with the story and then like giving us episodes that would typically be used as filler but still progressing the story along along and keeping you interested um, as they like bring characters back or they bring storylines back um, as we finally 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 and this is this isn't a spoiler because the HBO Max account the Titans account released a picture of her but Raven's back Raven is back and this episode man what did you think? This was a great episode. It was yes. it definitely was uh they took kind of a left turn and it was a little bit of trippy too. Oh, I so like what trippy. they did with it. I I definitely did and I um I like how you kind of got you got a return of Donna Troy and then obviously Hank as well, which is pretty cool. Like you kind of didn't know what was going on and it was kind of a mystery, you know? It's like you see Tim Drake show up on this train and it's in black and white and there's other people on there. And then Donna Troy's on there, which you haven't seen her all season. Cause she's dead. Cause she's dead. Yeah. And uh, you, you kind of see like, you know, like these dark figure filled figures come out of nowhere and like try to, I guess, take them to hell or something like that. Take their souls to hell. It was cool. It was, it was funny and cool. And I, I definitely like this this transition. I mean, it was definitely different. It was it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're basically they're on the next levels. Uh, that's what Donna Troy calls it. And um, you know, Hank finds or these, basically Tim Drake is freaking out because he got shot by Scarecrow. And he's dead. He's on the next level. The conductor of the train says your stop is coming up, and I don't know what that means. If that's heaven or hell, I we don't know. But he freaked out and he ran. He got off the train and he's out in these woods. And Donna runs after him for just because she saw that he was in need um they get rescued by hank from those black ghouls who are trying to like suck their souls like dementors um from harry potter um hank saves them and and he basically uh, takes them to like the safe house but they find them um and he hears a here's a rumor about the way to get back to earth and be uh, to be alive again is like this bridge um so they eventually get to the bridge and they have to fight off these demons but at the same time um, kind of like the main story while they're in this next level trying to get back to Earth, then um, Raven is on Themyscira with the Amazons um, while they're doing a ritual with Donna Troy's body, and Raven's trying to bring her back to life. Now, I kind of am speculating, Kyle, that Raven had a hand in getting the knowledge of this bridge to Donna and Tim and Hank somehow. Because I just don't think the next level, like, there's an easy way to get back to life. If that makes sense, I think there's going to be more that Raven's going to have a hand in. What do you think? Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I liked how that, that you know, there was kind of like a possibility for maybe Hank to return. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Tim Drake and Donna Troy, you know, return at the end of the episode. Um, I yep. could definitely see Raven having a hand in it. You know, because if anybody could bring them back, it it would make sense, like that it was her. Yes, and uh, Donna Troy had a huge um, rescue at the end of the episode. Um, she just randomly was in Bruce Wayne's cabin. Who in uh, the episode actually started with Bruce Wayne? 
it started with Bruce Wayne signing the last will and testament of Bruce Thomas Wayne and who I assume was Alfred's kid uh, that was with him, Alfred's son. I'm just going to assume he was a Pennyworth. That was the current butler that was leaving Bruce behind. And he was going to burn down this mansion that he was in on the secluded island and just die. But he was rescued by Donna Troy. So we don't even know what the fuck that means. Um, does that mean we're going to see more Batman? I mean, we still, if we get more Batman, we're, I mean, we're going to get Tim Drake, Robin. He's, I mean, Tim Drake is in the show, so he's going to become Robin. It's So is there, are we going to get Batman and Tim Drake, Robin? Um, man, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with his character because it's kind of hard to have a story with the with Bruce Wayne without you know really uh, you know having him be Batman of any kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I, I kind of like what they did with it because he killed the Joker, and you know they're like yin and yang in in the Batman comics, and it's kind of like one can't really exist without the other almost. And so it's like I could definitely see. Batman's loss and his kind of almost sense of like uh, lack of purpose or, or like questioning his identity. And you see a lot of this in actually Arkham Knight too, because he, he you know, the Joker dies in, uh, in Arkham City and then he comes back in Arkham Knight and he just, you know, gets dosed with Scarecrow's fear gas and then he starts seeing the Joker and Joker's just like fucking with his mind and you could kind of tell that there's like a lot of guilt there. So I could probably see that this is where the story is leading with the Titans and uh, why, you know, Batman's probably not going to, or Bruce Wayne is, is probably not going to, you know, be allowed to kill himself. And I feel like that would be like a really unfitting end for him because he's such a monumental character in, in, uh, in this world, you know, and, you know, if you're going to give, if he's going to die, he has to go out in like in the most epic way possible. Nightfall protocol, something like that. Nightfall Protocol, exactly. Or Dark Knight Returns, I mean. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that way too. The the slowed heart rate and then um, going underground or something like that. Right, right. He ended up going. Oh, no, no, I'm. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, he goes underground. And then he goes underground and he trains like the um, ex-mutants into like, you know, the sons of Batman. That's right. Ah, good, good shit. Good shit. I got to go back and read that or watch that depending on what I have of it. I know I own the, the, uh, the novel. So it's Titans, on HBO man. Max, right? Yes. Oh, it is on HBO max. Good call. Good call. Some good stuff on there. Some great DC content on HBO max. If you're looking to catch up, um, hundred percent great shit. Titans just good. It's, it's surprising me every, every season, every episode rather, you know, Donna Troy's back. Um, how, how, how's the team going to react to that? Um, they still have the matter of Scarecrow. We haven't seen what Nightwing and Starfire are doing there. Um, Tim Drake's back alive. He'll obviously, you know, make it through, be in the hospital there. Um, Bruce is alive. Jeez, uh, lots of stuff going on to, to wrap up. And then Raven's coming back, too. Um, I thought it was cool that they were on the mascara. I thought that was really cool. Um, Kind of hoped we would have gotten like a Wonder Woman reference, but the the nod was to her that they were on Themyscira to begin with. I'm glad it didn't look too much like the DC Extended Universe's Themyscira. It's it was more, you know, realistic, I, I guess, for the for the Titans universe. So shaping up to wrap up to be a good season. We shall see. We shall absolutely see. Anything that you want to see 
storyline wise wrap up with Titans a certain way? The the um as far as the season or the whole series goes? Season. This season. Well, really the the one thing that I'm looking forward to is obviously Scarecrow suiting up. I mean, I can't wait for that. I mean, maybe he might detonate a fear bomb in, in Gotham City like he did in Arkham Knight. Maybe I've just been playing that way too much. But I mean, there's really no playing Arkham Knight too much. So Correct. Um, I, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing where this ends up and what this might lead into in, in next season. I, I don't know what episode we're on. Maybe it's like seven or eight or something like that. But I want to see I want to see him fully suited up. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Let's do it. Let's absolutely do it. Um, I look forward to that, too, because the last time we saw Scarecrow, he was actually dumping his fear toxin into the water supply to Gotham. Um, and like Star- it begins. Yep, exactly like that. And Starfire was the one who actually ignited it and forced everything to kind of go astray. So they're kind of in some hot water. Uh, they're in some shit. So, well, thanks, everyone, for cluing in and listening in. You've been great. We've been the fourth mother box. Uh, follow us at fourth mother box on Instagram and we're on Facebook somewhere, too. Um, but I, I like to get a lot of the group fun on Facebook. Find the group out there and we'll let you in. Um, Kyle, please, sir, leave us with some words of wisdom today before we depart. Words of wisdom. Or just a word. A word? Like any, just any random word? Yeah, what do you want, you know, you, you close the show out. What do you want the people out there, the masses, to know as we sign off? Back to my point earlier. This is what I'm going to say. Like, people that can't get, you know, can't bring up negativity can't stop themselves with bringing up negativity and the COVID and the virus. Get a fucking personality. Get a fucking personality. Read a book. Play some basketball. Like, you know, running naked throughout the streets. I mean, whatever it is, just get a life. Stop talking about COVID. Okay, so that's... And and watch the Titans. That's my words of wisdom. <laughs>